Good morning. If you haven't met me before, my name is um, Ray Thompson. I'm the pastor here. Um, it's been a pretty... Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed your holidays. Um, it's, been a, it's been a great time. Um, we're, we're looking forward to our holiday um, at some stage in the future, um, which is good. But um, the great thing is, is that um, God's moving in a really real way in our region, and I guess that's a, just the testimony that I wanted to bring. Um, like um, Shannon referred to um, earlier... Um, you know, young people are about to invade our, um, invade our town. And, uh, and the great thing is, is I believe that there's really going to be a generational shift that takes place. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I love the fact that, um, you know, for a long time, um, particularly in the Cromwell area, Central Otago area, we've had to travel to go um, to things, to have encounter moments. But I love the fact that God's meeting us in really real ways here as well. And I see Summer Revolution as one of those things. So if you want to come along, if you just need filled up, if you need um, encouraged and stuff like that, church, I, I would love to invite you to the night sessions. I'd love to invite you to whatever you want to come along to, actually. Um, and, and I really feel that um, there's something that happens when one generation speaks to another, right? There's, some, there's just something that happens. See, the thing is, is that the younger generation, uh, like, I don't know if you know or not, but you probably do, but they're crazy. <laughs> they have no understanding of consequences. None. And that's actually a really good thing within the right context. I love the fact that the, um, the young people sit there and look at the old generation and go, man, how good would it be to be grown up? How good would it be to have money? How good would it be to um, you know, have all of these responsibilities and, and things like that. And the, the, um, the old people, the, 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 the older generation are looking to the young people and going, man, you know, I've tried adulthood. Um, where can I hand my uh, you know, adult card back? Um, wouldn't mind going back to childhood. Uh, teenagerhood, we can do without. But childhood, yeah, no, pretty good. Uh, some of us might even want to go back to the baby phase. I'm not too sure. But there's something that's important, there's something important that happens between the generations. And there's these two generations that are going on. There's the, the Moses generation, the generation that comes before, and the Joshua generation, right? And this is what I wanted to talk about today. I really fully believe that there's a generational shift that's happening. Now, that's not to say, I don't care what age you are, you're, you're not being put out to pasture just yet, all right? So that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is that there's actually a generational shift that happens. And when there's a generational shift that happens... Actually, the focus of the generation changes, right? And so as a generation, if you're alive, if you're breathing today, you're part of this generation. Congratulations, you're still in. Some of us are trying to pretend that we're still young adults. Some of us are still trying to pretend that we're teenagers. Some of us are still trying to pretend that we're just normal people, all right? But actually, at the end of the day, if you're alive and you're breathing, you're part of this generation, Amen. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that if no one else will. Now, the word that I had for today is that I believe that what's coming is that this is going to be the Joshua generation that comes after the Moses generation. So this is the Joshua generation that comes after the Moses generation. See, for Moses and in Moses' time, there's some amazing things that happens when Moses is alive. Like an entire people group is, uh, are released from slavery. There's amazing miracles that happen. 
there's um, provision that happens in the wilderness, which is incredible. And I, and I love that. But actually, when Moses' generation finished, and, and, and they didn't always necessarily finish as well as we, we may have hoped or may have liked, the Joshua generation comes in and there's a different focus for the Joshua generation, amen? And I think prophetically as a church, and I think prophetically in the Church of New Zealand at the moment, there's this Joshua generation that's rising up, and there's this focus that's changing, and I wanted to, to talk about that. And see, the Joshua generation, the younger generation, can think of the things that have come before and think that, man, it's amazing. How good would it be if there were frogs everywhere? How good would it be whether these, there's, there's these amazing miracles that happen? And we can sort of look back longingly on a moment or a season where we felt close to God. So personally, that can happen. Hey, um, corporately, that can happen. And um, I know there's, um, there's a ton of us, for, for me and Shan, sometimes um, we'll get together and talk about, man, can we remember some of those great youth times that we had? Like the, the Get Smarts of the South Island or the Summer Lakes Harvest, which half of you guys weren't even alive for, or the um, you know, Youth for Christ, which doesn't exist, I think, in any format anymore. And, and we think of these amazing moments and stuff. But actually, um, I believe that the best is yet to come. I believe that this generation, the best is yet to come. And so while we might look longingly on a moment in our lives or an event in our lives or a hilltop thing in our lives, I think the great thing is, is that we have to believe that the best is yet to come. And so even though in Moses' time there there were things like the parting of the Red Sea, there were the plagues, which, to be honest, doesn't sound like super fun to hang out in. Um... Even though there was manna in the desert, when it comes to the Joshua generation, it's really interesting that Moses' ceiling was Joshua's floor. See, the thing is, is that the promises of God that were for Moses' generation were also the promises for the Joshua generation as well. And we see that at the start of Joshua, in the book of Joshua. Um, You know, Moses, throughout Moses' life, God time and time and time and time again said, be strong and courageous. And um, at the start of when Moses, is, uh, when Moses passed away, when Joshua rises up, um, God not only says, be strong and courageous, he goes one step further and says, be strong and very courageous. See, the thing is, church, is as we change our focus, as, um, as things begin to change in our region as a result of what God's doing, we have to actually shift gears as well. And that's, that's genuinely what I believe is happening. And this is what I want to encourage you into today. I want to read you a story. It's not um, the story that's often read um, out of Joshua. Out of Joshua, quite often the story that's read is, you know, the be strong and courageous. I actually wanted to read you the story that's in Joshua 3. And it's, um, it's commonly known as crossing the Jordan. See, the thing is, is after this wilderness period, and I know for a number of people in the room, you you guys are either currently going through a wilderness period, you've just come to the end of a wilderness period, or you're like, Flip, what is this big expanse in front of me right now? You're in the wilderness. (laughs) But I'm telling you today that there's going to come a time where you're actually going to enter the promised land. You're going to enter into everything that God has for you. But... The thing is, is that the promised land, like this idealized version of where you think you're going to end up, is actually just a, um, it's not a destination, it's actually the start of another journey. 
And so this is what I wanted to talk to today. See, the thing was, was for the Israelites, they thought that once they come to the promised land, they'd come to the promised land, everything would be sweet as. And then what they saw was they saw giants everywhere. They saw people everywhere. There was still the process of having to cross the Jordan. There were still fights that needed to be had and battles that needed to be won. So anyway, Joshua 3, this is what I wanted to talk about. So verse 3. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. Now, to be perfectly honest, one of the reasons that I wanted to speak on this passage today is it's one of the few opportunities that you get to say Shittim in church. Um, I'm not going to mention it again, but um, I just wanted to just pause there for a second and uh, move on. All right. And went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. Now, that's pretty interesting. It's great. If you're in Shittim, and you need to be crossing the door of Jordan, please don't stay in Shittim. I really desperately want to make a joke there, but I'm not going to. All right. If you are in the town of... No, okay. It's a whole other message. All right. So if you're in the poo, keep moving. If you're going through hell, that's not where God wants you to stay. Anyway. It'll actually preach. That's what's frustrating. But I can't say it without saying that word again. Okay. After three days, the officer went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. So following the presence of God. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. Hey, if you're in Cromwell and you're, you're brand new to Cromwell, you've probably never been this way before. So it's probably a pretty good idea to follow the presence of the Lord. If you're picking a church to go to, probably following the presence of the Lord is a good way to go. I'm just saying. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. I love the fact that in the Old Testament and actually throughout the Bible, the Bible was a story of an ever-increasing revelation of who God is in our lives. Have you ever noticed that God adds layers? Every single time. Hey, I, I am. That, that, was, that was the start. And then suddenly, Jehovah Jireh, I am the doctor, I am the healer, I am the strong tower, I am the one who walks with you, I'm God Emmanuel, God with us. Do you notice that there's this layer upon layer upon layer? Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. So this is the list of enemies, or the list of um, struggles, the list of giants that the, the Israelites need to actually literally drive out before they can even inhabit the promised land. Man, how often do we stand on the precipice of what God calls us to, and we look to the things in the land that are going to stop us from possessing it? But we know that, that God is with us. 
See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, the waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So parting of the waters. Wait a minute. (laughs) So for the generation before... The parting of the Red Sea was like one of the culminations of everything that God did for it. And as Joshua enters into the promised land, God says, what was done for for Moses will be done for Joshua as well. I love that thought. I love that fact. See, often we strive for what Moses has when actually God gave, gave Joshua what Moses had and then moved forward as well. Hmm. I love the fact that in Moses' um, generation, they were actually running from conflict. See, the Egyptians were coming after them. In Joshua's generation, the same miracle was used so that Joshua's generation could run into battle. It's cool. I like it. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. All during harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up a heap uh, in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on the dry ground. Now, I don't know where you are in your, um, in your family story. You might be the first person to have crossed the Jordan. You might be the person that's actually the one that's gone ahead and actually uh, and invited the Spirit of the living God into your life. The great thing is, is it's not just a case of well, you made it and the rest of your family aren't. See, if you're the first person to come through, you're actually the one that's providing a way for the rest of your family to come through. And I mean that prophetically. See, God goes before you before you cross over. See, I think sometimes we're kind of like, you know, well, God, you've done wonderful things for the generation before. But I believe that we need to step into the revelation and understanding not just of what God's done for the generation that come before us. But we need to look expectantly towards what God has done in our lives till now, what God is doing right now, and what God's about to do. We need to start looking for those testimonies in our lives. See, the thing is, is that we can either choose to partake in everything that God has for us in this season, or we can just sit and watch idly by it. Um, Just recently, we had friends from Australia... Um, let's call them Jeremy and Alan because that was their names. And um, so um, we actually, um, it had been a really busy period and we took this one particular day uh, to go up to the Blue Pools, which I believe some of the young ads may have gone to last night. Is that true? Yeah. We're out on the street? All right. Um, and so we went up to the Blue Pools and um, give me a wave if you've ever been to the Blue Pools before. Cool, so about half of, half of everyone in the room. It's no drama. So basically the Blue Pools is this random 20-minute track that you walk down, and there's this um, suspension bridge. You walk over the suspension bridge, 
and there's this beautiful um, ice, ice in a couple of senses of the word, icy blue um, pool of water, and then there's like a bridge that's probably 10 or 15 metres above, so uh, on the Wikipedia page it says 15, I don't reckon it's quite that high, I reckon it's a wee bit lower than that, but that's just me. But there's this bridge, and on this bridge what happens um, quite often is, like just to go into the water, it is cold. Okay, so there's, there's, there's bravery in just going into the water. People's hearts have stopped by going into the water. It's that kind of cold. Asthmatics get asthma attacks going into this water. No, this is a true story. This is some of the... Um, um, so Asher, um, my son, he's a, he's a great lad. He, went into, he was one of the first ones into the water, mainly because Jeremy threw him in. But um, he was there. So that's, that, that was his level of bravery, which was awesome. Uh, but we ended up in this really weird kind of scenario where there, were, um, there was myself, Jeremy, Alan, and um, my daughter, Charlie. We ended up at the top of this bridge. And Charlie, a year ago, had told us that she was going to jump into the blue pools from this bridge a year ago. And we were like, no deal. There's no way that you're allowed to do that. And so she waited a year. And went, oh, cool, Dad, we're going to the Blue Pools again. I'm going to jump into the Blue Pools this year. And we had no comeback for that because we told her to wait a year, and she waited a year, and dang it, should have waited two years. Like, it was just one of those things. And so Jeremy, who doesn't really uh, think things through, he um, basically went over on the outside of the bridge, and he pretty much just jumped. Splosh, and that was, that was cool. He was like, oh, yeah, that's good, that's good. And then he took some um, video evidence of um, maybe what you're about to see. So after that, Charlie was the second one out, and she saw that um, she saw that um, that Jeremy was able to do it. She basically went out on the on the on the ledge, and four or five minutes of just talking herself whether she was going to do it or not. She jumped, and she jumped once, and uh, over the course of that time, she actually jumped um, sort of I think five or six times while we were there, while everyone else was jumping once and going, "Cool, tick that off the list." Charlie was jumping five or six times. All right. After that, as a result of Charlie going, Ellen took probably about 10 minutes to go, and we had to encourage her. Uh, Jeremy basically mocked her for a good five minutes, because that's an Australian way of encouraging your wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> Danielle's going, that is so true. Um, and finally, it was my turn. Um, I had a couple of issues. One was I physically couldn't fit over the wire. Like, there's this wire that's only about this big. So I had to actually have the next guy, who's quite a big um, Samoan dude. Like, he fully went, you'll be right. <laughs> and so that was out of the way. And then I couldn't actually, because of the size that I was, I couldn't actually stand on the... Um, I'm actually trying to, trying to um, give you a reason to not feel quite so laughy at me in just a minute. But... Um, so I, I couldn't actually stand on the same thing as everyone else. So once I got out there, I kind of realised that there was no going back regardless of what was happening because this is what was happening on the... This was the, this was the safe part, OK? So I'd like to show you Charlie's video. And I'd like, you, I'd like to show you my video. And then I'd like to explain myself. OK. <laughs> so this is Charlie's video, first one. So next one, Ruth. Yeah, yeah, just the video straight underneath. I hope. So here's Charlie. Nice <coughs> 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 
That was, that was her father encouraging her. Did you hear me encouraging? Yeah, I didn't get that encouragement. So there's Charlie. So good. Uh, didn't make a big deal of it. Didn't freak out. That, that was it. And then did it another five times. That was her first time, by the way. All right. Uh, here's me. Ready? <laughs> Obviously looking like I'm having a great time there. That's about when the asthma kicked in. Um, and that's me drowning. Okay, cool. <laughs> So we've got these two. We've got these two pictures, right? We've got this Charlie picture where she's just um, basically jumps in, um, and, and, and that's it. I'd just like to make a couple of statements here. See, youth are brave, but the bravery that comes with youth is stupidity. <laughs> it's ignorance. It's the fact that they don't know what happens after that fact. So the reason that Charlie did it once and then another four times. Is because she's stupid. <laughs> but she's also brave. And it, 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 as Christians, we need that bravery that comes with youth. Yeah? yeah? Like, we need that faith that jumps before it looks. We need that faith that doesn't think of the consequences that comes after that. That's good. And it's often preached about to have the bravery of youth. I don't want to preach about the bravery of youth today. I want to preach about the bravery of a man. No, 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 that's not, that's not the point. I actually want to preach about the bravery of adulthood. It's actually hard to be courageous and be a courageous Christian as an adult. It's difficult. And the reason that that is is because we understand what the stakes are. We understand what the consequences are. See, the bravery, the bravery of youth is stupidity, not understanding the risks, and we need that foolhardy bravery, okay? But actually, for the young people, the young people actually need the bravery that comes with adulthood as well. The bravery of adulthood when the stakes are high, when what we're putting on the line when we're brave in Christ is we're putting on the line family, we're putting on the line security, we're putting our reputation at risk. See, the thing is, and this is a, a, a lie that sometimes we believe as our generation, is we believe that as long as we're comfortable and as long as we're safe, that's a good thing. But see, the thing is, is if we're going to have, if we're going to be the generation that crosses the Jordan River and steps into everything that God has for us, then comfort should make us uncomfortable. Standing still should make us uncomfortable. So you might laugh at the fact that I squealed. I mean, manly, manly um, let out. But what you don't understand there is that was actually my fear leaving my body. We need to put ourselves in more situations where there's no place for fear in our lives. See, manly squeal, I didn't make that noise again. I knew, that I, could, I knew that I could do that. There was a confidence that came in that moment that has continued to fuel me over the coming weeks. Does that make sense? The, the fear's not still there. I'm not going to jump off this thing here and go, ah! I've already jumped off a 15-metre bridge. Why would I go back to what it was before? 
And this is the thing that comes with bravery of adulthood is when you put yourself in those positions, um, as adults, we try to avoid getting out of that place of safety. But when we step out, two things happen. It means that when God comes through, the testimony is more powerful. When God comes through, the testimony is more powerful. Why? Because we had skin in the game. Like there were consequences to us stepping out. And then secondly, what happens is we get to experience the breath-holding moment of Jesus, you need to come through right now. When we offer to pray for someone for healing, we experience that moment of Jesus, you need to come through right now. When we step out in a financial way, we experience that moment of that breath-holding moment of Jesus, you need to come through right now. When we do something and stand up and speak up, when in the past we would have sat down and shut up, we experience that moment of Jesus, you need to come through right now. My question for you for 2019 is when was the last time you had that moment? When was that last time that, that last time where as adults See, the young people are going to get fed into all week, so I don't really care about them today. (laughs) They're not listening anyway. They're like, ha, Ray squealed, and we're going to hassle them later. That's all they got. (laughs) But adults, if you're over the age of 18 today, we could be the generation that that shows the young people how it's done. And we could be fully understanding of the... the, 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 um, What's the word? That anxiety almost. That fear, that, um, oh my goodness, what if it all goes wrong? And yet do it anyway. That will actually pave a way for the next generation. See, the thing is, is, if we choose to be the Joshua generation, then the next generation gets to be the generation after the Joshua generation that's actually inhabiting the promises of the promised land. So we can fight the battles for the next generation. If we start believing that we can change our community for God and for good, and our community gets changed as a result of that for God and for good, our young people, the people that we raise up, will be living in the promise, uh, living in the consequences of the battles that we've fought. So how are we going to engage this year? See, this is the thing is that, hmm, what are you believing for in 2019? See, the thing that I'm coming to realize is the Bible's not just remembering the great stories of faith in the past. See, those stories are literally just there for, you know, Jesus said, you will do greater things than I have ever done. Those stories that we aspire to are actually supposed to be the floor of what we're stepping out from. So let's start faithful in the small so we can be faithful in the the much. Now, you might be sitting there going, no, but you don't understand, like, my situation. I'm not worthy. I, ha- I-, I haven't had it all together. I'm not ready. I'm not qualified. My time has passed. I'm telling you here today that your time has not passed because you're still here. I'm telling you today that those things and those promises of God that have been spoken over your life are yes and amen. And so if they haven't come to pass, they're coming. Why? Because my God's not a liar. So if you're sitting here today going, man, I'm not ready, I'm not qualified, I've failed before, I tried it and it didn't work. I, um, I actually just want to read you, um, I want to read you a rap. Um, so that's cultural appropriation in the worst possible way, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
Um, it's by Lecrae. And um, it's, a, it's a song that really uh, hit me, and there's a, uh, there's a line in particular that I want to land on just to finish off. And it goes like this. Uh, the song's called Cry For You, just by the way. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful song, and a large part of the song is about choosing to continue on even when you think it should end. Um, but I'm, I'm actually jumping into the second part because I didn't, to be honest, I didn't want to fully unpack the first half because it's a, a deal in itself. Um, but this is it. This is what it says. I'm not going to wrap it, just by the way. So no, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. I, I'm going to read it as a white guy poem, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but grace is sufficient to start my mission. But grace is sufficient to start my mission. I'm so far from perfect, can't believe they listen. But hear a broken man till your healing happens. And hear a liar tell you truth to bring you gladness. I could never boast in my accomplishments. I can only hope in God with confidence. Opposite of optimist. You and I are consonants. Broken all the vows. Deserving of every consequence. Will you cry for me or will you judge me? Will you throw stones at my head or will you love me? I could never be at everything that you want to see. But crooked sticks draw straight lines, just look at me. And this is, that's the place that I want to land today. Crooked sticks draw straight lines. See, if we put ourselves in a position where God can use us in a mighty way, it doesn't matter that every area of our life is not all together. In fact, our brokenness speaks more powerfully than our altogetherness ever would. Crooked sticks draw straight lines. See, we're part of outworking the will of God in the central Otago region. If you're, if you're a local here, that's, that's what our job is. We're here and we've joined together for a common purpose. It's to outwork the will of God in the central Otago region. My belief is that um, central Otago be shaken in a way so that what's left is unshakable, that there would be such a move of God that there wouldn't be anyone that wouldn't know who Jesus was and they'd have the chance to say yes or no in their own stead and with full understanding of who he is in their lives. If you're a visitor today, it's whatever your sphere is. Don't, don't let 2019 just be a continuation of 2018 because basically what will happen is your life will flash before your eyes just like that. We need to believe for the unbelievable this year, church. We need to trust those to the left and to the right of us, which means that we might need to get to know each other and we might need to get, it, get to know ourselves a bit better. So for 2019, here's my question, here's my application question, and then we're going to finish. We're going to do one more song, and if you want prayer, we'd love to pray for you. So my two questions are, who will you engage, and how will you engage this year? Who will you engage? Who are your people that God's calling you to? And how will you engage this year? What, how has God called you to work amongst the people that you've been called to? See, I believe... Um, prophetically that there's a generational shift that's happening it's going from the Moses generation to the Joshua generation that we're going from a place of running from things but as Christians instead we're going to be known for running to messes um, we're going to be known from unlike the Moses generation we're going to go from disengaging from mess disengaging from struggles disengaging from battles we've been set free to set others free so we're going from disengaging from our mess to engaging wholeheartedly with other people's mess 
See, the thing is, is that we've been released from captivity. We're free. And he who's free is free indeed, but we've been set free to set free. I think for some of us, and this was a, this was a word for someone here today, and I'm believing, you know, it's, it's time for you to light up again. Now, uh, now, please, if you have an issue with marijuana, that is not, a, that is not permission. <laughs> if, you've been, if you've had a 30-year smoking habit, um, same deal. But what I'm saying is that in the past, you burned so brightly that others would come and ask, what was it about you? I believe that this is a time where um, there are going to be those gifts that you've carried for such a long time and they've laid dormant are going to be fanned into flame again. I believe that um, those things that you believed before, you'll believe again. And not only those things, but greater things. I believe that God's been speaking to you over the last season. And you've kind of almost been like, nah, that's, that's not me anymore. I don't think that's me anymore. I don't think that's me anymore. I'm telling you today that you're the part of the Joshua generation. That you're part of the generation that's called to step out and step into everything that God has for them. You're part of the generation that's going to believe that an entire um, area and an entire region is going to be changed and know the love that Jesus can bring. You're part of the hope generation this year, church. So my prayer for you today is that you would contend. You would begin to fight for those things which you haven't fought for a long time. That that this is going to be a year that you extend. This is going to be a year where God's kingdom is going to be greater than it's ever been before. As a result of you stepping out at times that are maybe going to make you go, "Ah!" Would you stand with me, church, and let's pray together.